I am the Alpha and the Omega. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Today we gather on this Christ the King Sunday, Adoration and Commitment Weekend. And I encourage everyone who's sitting at the end of your pew to please pass a paper down with the prayer that we can pray together as we begin our reflection this weekend. Together we pray. I have come, my Lord Jesus, to be with you, to recall the great mystery of faith, your true presence in the Blessed Sacrament. I come to adore you, Lord Jesus, by acts of faith, hope, and love, to express sorrow for my sins, to make reparation for the sins of the whole world, to thank you for your blessings and gifts, so many of which I take for granted, and to present to you my needs, my fears, and my earnest desire for you to govern my life. I pray to the Holy Spirit of light and truth to fill my heart and enkindle in me the fire of your divine love. I also ask our Blessed Mother to be with me as I visit you, her divine Son. Lord Jesus, I may not be able to find all the words to express what is really in my heart. I may be distracted and perhaps feel a weariness. Regardless, I sit in silence before you, remembering that you know my innermost thoughts and desires. I come to renew my personal love for you, and I now rededicate my life to you. Please touch my heart and my soul with your peace. Amen. So today as we gather, we gather on Christ the King Sunday. Christ the King of the universe, who takes a proper act of faith to worship him, who deserves our act of justice to come to him to help us to hope and believe in him to receive his personal love for us. Two, three weeks ago, we started this little three-week mini-mission with a question, what is adoration? And when we talked about what is adoration, we asked you the question, who is the most influential person in your life you've ever talked to? How did you prepare to talk to that individual? Hopefully, some of us have started to formulate answers. Last week, we looked at what do we do in adoration, and I asked you the question, what is the most significant achievement you've ever accomplished in your life? Hopefully, we've come up with some more answers. Both of these questions highlight priorities. Who is number one in my life? Is it Christ the King, or is it somewhere else? And these two questions need to be reflected on because every kingdom presupposes there is a king, and hopefully a queen, and some offspring. Jesus, in the readings today from the book of Revelation, in the book of the Gospel, talk about the kingship of Christ, living and reigning in heaven. And that's why as we come as his children, we come with an identity as either a prince or a princess, depending if you're a male or a female. 
And every prince or princess's duties is to serve the king and the queen who are on the throne. This final weekend of Adoration Talks, I'm going to talk a little bit about the transforming power of God. And today I want to ask you one more question. The question as simple is straightforward. If Christianity was a poker game, would you be all in for Jesus? Think about that. If we're playing a game of poker, knowing of the kingdom of God, am I all in? This question begs us to look at how our relationship with God really is. Why? Because we have to ask the first question after the poker game, what does God have to offer me? We need to remember there's no other way to eternal life. When we take our last breath, it's either Jesus and his kingdom or not. So I'd ask the question, am I all in for him? Not simply by what I get, by what I receive. The second question we can look at, is my heart open to what he wants from me? The desires, so that I can harvest the fruit that he places upon my heart, day in and day out. Because if I'm not open, my chips are not all in. The third question is, what is my heart saying right now? As God knows who wants to be here and who does not want to be here. And God already knows our thoughts, our feelings, and our desires from afar. And that's why I remember flying across the Atlantic Ocean, playing a game of poker on the airplane, obviously not live poker, but on the computer. And I never really was a poker player, but I soon realized the better your hand is, the more you will wager as a bet. Isn't that true with our relationship with God? The better our relationship with God is, the more chips we will slide to the center of the table. The hand might be strong, or we might be trying to bluff those that we are playing with. Irregardless, are we all in? That's the question we need to focus in this week. Because to say I am all in means I am completely confident in my relationship, I am strong in my communication. I am all in for Jesus. No matter what, knowing if I lose, I am separated from him. Isn't that the story of life? We can lose our salvation by one mortal sin. If we lose, we are separated from him. But if I am all in, there will be a celebration and great rejoicing around the throne of God. I'm going to be honest with you, in my walk with the Lord, 20 years ago, I barely dipped my big toe in with Jesus. I came to Mass out of obligation. I came to Mass not really ever knowing what a relationship with Jesus was all about. And obviously, when I started my walk with the Lord, I will tell you today, I am all in. Because I've seen what the Lord has done for me in my relationship. How I have grown over the past 20 years. In high school, a major temper, a major anger issue. 
today, I can hardly get startled. I can hardly get rattled. Why? Simply being in his presence when he is exposed, receiving him into my heart at Holy Communion. And that's why in my walk, I am all in, but I did not start there. The more time I spent with him, the more he opened, I was open to him and he empowered me. And the more I was open to him, the more I trusted him. I look at this monstrance as my heart 20 years ago, sitting empty. It was only Christ who could fill the void. It was Christ who could heal the wounds. It was Christ who guided me to where I am today. And today, I am all in. But I'm going to ask you, are you all in? Or are you going to hedge a few of your chips to place them elsewhere? If Christ is truly king in your heart and has called you to live your life to the fullest, would you be all in? And that means in my choices, my decisions I make through the week, the people I talk to, the people that are difficult to love, and my Christ to them said I am all in in that relationship. No matter if I'm at work, at play, at rest, or at eating time, I am living for Christ and focused on his will. That means I'm not saving my chips and hedging them for people like Dr. Phil or Oprah or Kirk Cousins. Why? Because to hedge means I'm not all in, I'm withholding chips and to put them in maybe different places. But if we don't know him or what we are investing in, that could be dangerous in the long run, especially if we're putting our chips that are not in God. As a follower of Jesus, as his bride and the bridegroom in our relationship, you're his prince or princess. He is our king. As a follower, he asks something from us, a total, complete dedication of our heart that is all in for him. Every aspect of our life, I want you to think about the 12 apostles for a minute. Many people left the Lord when he taught them about the Eucharist in John chapter 6. Many walked away and Jesus looked at the apostles and he said, you want to leave me too? Imagine if they had walked away that day. Where would we be as a church today? Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of everlasting life. He was all in. Imagine if St. Paul was out in the sea, shipwrecked, or locked in a jail, and he was not all in, and focused on his relationship with God. With the Gentile world today, here I have heard of the gospel. St. Paul was all in because of his love for the Lord. What about the first Christian martyrs living in Rome? They didn't cave to the truth. They understood that the truth was from God. They were all in as they went and had their heads cut off and handed to them. They died because they're all in. They knew what had awaited them. What about the children of Fatima who were visited by from heaven? Who were asked to pray the rosary every single day? Who were asked to repent and convert their hearts? Had that message fallen on deaf ears or ears that were not all in? 
Or do we know the message of Fatima today in Jamestown? And that's why we have to ask the question, are we all in? Why should we be all in? I'm going to come across a quote from Jeff Cavins, who's a biblical scholar who says one thing that has put my mind all week. He says, quote, There is nothing to get in a spiritual life. We have nothing to get. However, there is a discovery of what we already have been given as a gift from God. The spiritual life is not what we get. It's unpacking what has already been there as we come to encounter the living God. And that's why our efforts to find fulfillment outside of Christ will always leave us empty. If we're looking for love in all the wrong places, we will never be fulfilled because you were created by God for God. I have learned in my last 20 years of spending time with the Lord, it's not about what I get. It's not about any of that. Faith is about God who created me for Him to be with Him. To receive that personal love that He has for me that heals my heart. That helps me to decide to make my decisions. And that's why we have to ask with our extra chips if we're not all in, what are we searching for? Because if we're not with Him and for Him, Chances are we're using very selfish reasons and motives. Yes, all of us want to be loved. And we're created for love. And when we look for love outside of God, we will come up empty. And sometimes we seek it inappropriately and we get embarrassed. But I want to remind you about this game of poker. If Christianity was a game of poker, are you all in? Every casino has thousands of cameras watching every table. They know every one of the bets that are placed as they can go back and watch tape. If the casino knows how much you're betting, how much more does God know if you are there with Him, seeking Him, looking for Him, growing in love, and the places where we place our chips? Adoration is here at our parish to help us to be all in to make our house a house of prayer for God. And that's why this monstrance is so appropriate today for show and tell. It's fitting because to seek Him, He fills the void of our heart with His presence. That's why we are called to spend time with Him. But there is one problem in the world today, folks. If we don't see it yet, hopefully we will come to understand this. It's interesting to look how many people do not want anything to do with God's house? They want nothing to do with God's church. But when they die, they want everything to do with the mansion He has prepared for those who love Him. That's why this earth, if we're not content in the house, how will we be content in the heavenly kingdom where He is King and Lord of all? And that's why conversion doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. It takes time. I could tell you about my life 20 years ago and we're spending time with Him every day and where He has brought me to today. Because conversion happens when we are in His presence, when we receive Him in Holy Communion, when we spend time sitting with Him. Today I'm going to give you three quick little conversion stories 
that might help inspire you different people who have prayed for conversion. The first one I'm going to talk about is a pilgrim that went on my pilgrimage to me to Israel, walking in the footsteps of Jesus in the Holy Land. Before we go on any Holy Land trip, I always ask pilgrims to pray a novena before we leave, whether they do it to the Sacred Heart, the Blessed Mother, any novena. And I want them to pray for the grace that they are asking God to fulfill as they walk in his footsteps in the holy sites of the Holy Land. I'm reminded one day of coming out of the church of Pater Noster, where the apostles and disciples were given the prayer, the Our Father. As we come out of church that one day in the middle of December, I remember seeing a bright yellow rose. There were no other flowers in the Holy Land, but this one bright rose, and I stopped and I said, did what one of you been praying to St. Teresa? Your prayers have been answered. The St. Teresa said, whenever you offer a novena, she wants to spend her eternity sending roses to us. And one lady come out of the back of the group of 47 and she says, I've been praying to St. Teresa Novena before we left. Why are you asking? I said, here is your rose. The lady sobbed and she sobbed and she sobbed. Later that day, she told us the story of what she was praying for. Her husband was a workaholic. He was heavy into alcohol. She offered, she's asked him to pray with him, which he would never do. She's asked him to come to adoration with her. As she went three to four hours, she said, just come with me one time a week. That's all I'm asking from you. He would never do it. She never talked to him about it. But over 22 years, she talked to Jesus about how her husband affected her. When she got home, guess what? She's never talked to him about his drinking problem, his workaholic problem, or praying. She come home to realize that her husband was dry and has not touched a drop since. Her husband started to pray the rosary every day with her. She thought, my goodness, he's never prayed with me. I never even asked him. She said her husband started coming and doing a holy hour with her once a week. It was all her conversation with Jesus and allowing Jesus to do the work. She was the one who received from the Lord the greatest gift she was seeking in her marriage. Now this story is not made up. It's a living witness. And I will give you a testimony from my own life. One of the greatest gifts I was given by Bishop Aquila was before he ordained me a priest. He asked me to take a 30-day silent retreat to go to the campus of Creighton University in Omaha, Nebraska. And on a 30-day silent retreat, yeah, imagine me silent for 30 days. I see some of you chuckling. No, no cell phone, no email, no texting, no phone calls, no magazines, no newspaper, no computer. You're going for 30 days with the Bible, yourself, and your spiritual director. The greatest 30 days of my life, I learned more about myself and the Lord's presence in those 30 days than I did the first 30 years of my life. I had open heart surgery. And the Lord was calling me on things I did not even know existed in my heart or in my life. But I had to be still in his presence. 
One example is one day my spiritual director and my four holy hours asked me to do the Stations of the Cross. To approach them as Jesus did. As Jesus is condemned to death unjustly, who are the people when I step into Jesus' shoes that want to condemn me? How do I respond? Well, we got to the second station and this homeless shaggy man came to me. And he was carrying a cross. And I said, Lord, if that is you, let me carry that cross for you. You look like you are burdened today. And I want to help you. And I still remember the second pew on the left side in the back at St. John's in Creighton University, the Catholic Church. I was paralyzed. I asked the Lord to put that cross on my shoulders. I was kneeling down. I could not stand. I could not move. I could not sit. I couldn't move forward or backward. The weight of those shoulders, I, I, I was going down and down. And I don't know how long I stayed there, but I still remember the Lord when we were done. He says, are you ready to give me the crosses in your life once and for all? And I said, of course, Lord. And the Lord showed me all these people when I was under the cross that I sinned against in my life. And I replayed every situation. And the Lord said, here's where you are prejudiced. I didn't realize I was even prejudiced. The Lord showed that to me as a homeless man. It would never have happened had I not given him the time or the effort or the place to walk with him. God has great things in store for you. And today I want to share a story of another saint as my final story of conversion and the transforming power of the Eucharist. The saint I'm going to share with you today is St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. She came to America and she heard an evangelist talk about the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. Her family, she said, if that's Jesus, I not only want to receive him in communion, I want to sit and be with him in his presence. Now bear in mind, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton's family, when she became Catholic, shunned her, would never talk to her again. Her husband died at a young age, leaving her the children to raise. And St. Elizabeth Ann Seton said, there's no greater love than the love of the Lord. She received him every day in Holy Communion. She sat in her presence. Over time, she was given the influence that she wanted to start to teach children about the Eucharist because she never learned it as a child. She had the inspiration to start the Catholic schools in the United States simply sitting in the presence of Jesus. Jesus put the desires into her heart. She just had to harvest the fruits and act on them as she responded in love to her king. God has great things for you, but you have to be all in for him. As I said, this weekend is commitment weekend. Monday after Thanksgiving, we're gonna go from five hours a week that we normally do, here at the parish, to five days a week between here, the academy, and Windsor. And I encourage you today, and I've asked you to pray about it, can you commit to one hour a week outside of your Sunday obligation to spend time with Jesus? Now some of you are going to ask me, Father, what happens if I don't make it? 
If you sign up this weekend, we will mail you a packet this week for you to go through. If you can't make it, you call. We want two people at every hour. Simply call the person who is there with you. Will you be able to make it today? Yes. Good, then I'm off the hook. Some people ask, Father, I'd like to do it, but what happens if the people don't show up after me? What do I do? Guess what? That packet will explain the instructions as well as who to call for a sub, where to sign in for accountability as a mailing goes out this week. And that's why what do we do is not really the question. I understand some of you are farmers. You have the busy seasons of harvest. I understand some of you are accountants. I get a tax deadline. My sister's a CPA. We're in this together to make this a house of prayer. For some of you, never, maybe never spent time. Maybe it's good for you as a family to commit to a half an hour. Have your spouse come for the last half an hour. Or maybe split the hours with a family member or a friend. You come the first and third day of the week. They come the second and fourth day or the week of the month. However you split that up, can we commit? Those who signed up will be contacted. Now this weekend, there are three ways to sign up. You have a sheet in your hand that we prayed at the beginning of Mass. It has all the times there here at the Basilica, St. John's Academy, St. Matthias in Windsor. These hours will be taking place every week. You can sign on the sheet and drop it in the collection basket. We will get you signed up. The second way is across the hall from the office or the main floor of the elevator. You can see where the holes still are that might need a couple people to help out. You can maybe sign your name into that slot with your telephone number. Or number three, if you look at that sheet in front of you, you will see a way to access the online way to sign up. There are three ways, and maybe you can take a picture of that if you want to come back to it later this week on your cell phone before you leave today. Today I'm going to conclude with three quotes that deal with commitment. I believe as Americans we struggle with commitment, and I believe we think we're entitled to everything. But the first one I'm going to give from you is from Vince Lombardi. It's not because the Vikings are playing the Packers that I picked Vince Lombardi. It's for this reason right here of what he said. The quality of a person's life is in direct proportion to their commitment to excellence, regardless of their chosen field or endeavor. Commitment to excellence is the way a person grows. There's nobody more excellent than our Lord himself. The second quote I'm going to give you is from Mario Andretti from the NASCAR world. He says, desire is the key to motivation. But it's determination and commitment to the pursuit of your good goal. A commitment to excellence that will help you to attain the success you seek. He's thinking above and beyond excellence. He's using the word to what which you seek. There's nothing better than to put our chips all in for our loving God. And finally, Art Turok says this. There's a difference between interest in something and commitment to something. When you're interested in doing something, you do it only when circumstances present it. When you are committed to something, however, 
You accept no excuses, only results. The difference between interest and commitment. I am all in. I am committed. This past week, I was talking to a parent and said, Father, you don't understand how busy we are as parents these days. Well, first of all, if you're that busy, we need to slow down. And we have to ask, where is God? And this parent was jockeying one kid from practice to another, and it's like, okay, that's fine. I don't deny kids sports. But does your kid ever miss practice or a game? And the parent said, no. And I said, why not? Because if they don't show up at practice, they don't play. That's every day, folks. I'm, we're only asking one hour a week. Can we do it for him? Is he truly king of our hearts? I'd like you to pass out your commitment prayers one more time. Let's conclude today with the closing prayer. Loving Father, you have made me in your image. You have given me new birth in your Son. You have empowered me with the Holy Spirit. Fan into flame the fire of your love in my heart. Continue to form all of us as a praying community centered around the Eucharist at St. James, St. Margaret, and St. Matthias parishes. Commission us to boldly proclaim, manifest, and make possible your kingdom here and now. If you turn that sheet over, there are pencils at the end of your pew. If you'd like to fill this out, you can do that and drop them in the collection. Pretty simple, your name on the top line. The second one, a telephone number, a circle if it's a cell phone or a landline. And the third one, can I receive text? Yes or no? You'll see the first Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, all the times at the Basilica, and the first Fridays. You'll also see the middle section there of the Academy Times on Tuesdays from 9.30 to 2.30. Wednesdays we have Windsor from 3 to 10. We stagger the times, morning, afternoon, evening, to try to equip all of your schedules. And I want to thank the Adoration Committee for their time and effort put into this. Now, you might say, Father, I can't commit now. Maybe later. I'm going to ask you then on the bottom, would you please consider being a substitute? If there's days of substitute that don't work for you, it might be a Tuesday or a Friday, write those days. I can do Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. Or maybe it's only afternoons that you can do, or evenings, or mornings. Be specific so we can put you down as a sub if somebody else can't make it, that they would be able to call you to come to fill in for them. Today we talk about being all in for Jesus. I'm all in for him, and as I want his house to be a house of prayer, because that's what he desires. And that's why I would like to say, for me and my house, let's serve the Lord. That's where the kingdom really is. This earth may be only a hundred years, but eternity isn't even a drop of a bucket compared to a hundred years. And where does it begin? It begins being in his presence. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. Amen.